Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I
Hallelujah. There is none like you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. There's none like you, Father. There is none like you, Father. There is none like you, Father. Hallelujah. When nobody understands me, God, there is none like you. You understand and you know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We ask you to be seated. Hallelujah. In the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Giving honor to the Spirit of God who's already in this place. We welcome him. We welcome him here today. We thank God for my leaders, our pastor, um, Bishop-elect, and our co-pastor, Gloria Ingram, our pulpit, our, my son, amen, Deacon Robert Lewis, and all of the ministers of music, to all of the ministers and the deacons in the, pul in the um, audience. If I called every one of you name by name, I'll be here for the rest of the evening because I wouldn't remember half and somebody would have to tell me. Amen. So in the meantime, <laughs> I thank God for you for being able to have this awesome privilege to stand before you. And I want to tell you this week, as the pastor had said, there is a word from the Lord. Because only God knows the struggle that I went through with this word this week. My God. And I want to be honest with you, I really didn't want to bring it. And I was like, Lord, is this what you really want me to say? And he said, yes. Amen. I'd rather obey God than to obey man. I didn't come here to spit all over you and to jump up and down and cause myself to fall down and have a heart attack. <laughs> I plan on standing flat-footed, hopefully, and if you see the shoes come off, disregard the bunions and just keep on listening to the words. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> because my family know I don't care. <laughs> you might, but I don't. <laughs> Amen. I thank God for this time, and we're going to not delay as the Holy Spirit has given me, and I'm not, I plan not to be before you long, but that's me. I don't know what the Holy Spirit got to say. So whatever he does, and I'm not going to make no excuses for it, I'm going to say what the Lord say, and I'm going to sit down. Amen? And I'm going to ask my son, my two sons, and my natural son and my son in the gospel, um, Deacon Nick and Deacon Lewis, if you would please bear, uh, read the scriptures for me. I would... Deacon Lewis, I'd like for you to read Romans, the 8th chapter, and read verses 1 through 10. And I would, Deacon Nick, I ask you to read in the book of Luke. Amen. And I'll get that for you in a second. Uh, the 17th chapter, verses 11 verse 19. Amen. And we ask everyone, please, just for the reading of the word, please stand.
is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but, the, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you... The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Amen. Thank God. Amen. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master. Have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And Thank one you, of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face and at his feet giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Amen. Thank God. Thank God for the word. Amen. To God be the glory. Thank God. We ask you for your undivided attention, not to me, but to the word of God, amen, that the Lord has me to give to you this morning. And as I told you, I was going through some struggles with this message, and once I accepted that call, and once I let God do what he wanted to do in me, because remember, the message got to come to the person that's speaking it before it comes out to anyone else, so... I had to do some stuff with this word for me. Amen. But I thank God for the victory through Christ Jesus. I went to, to take out this. You see my little, my little mini tab, thank, uh, tablet here. Thank God for my husband. <laughs> and uh, I had wanted to print out the message that, he had given to, that the Lord had given to me. But what happened, my printer all of a sudden had no ink in it. Amen. So... But the Lord said, don't worry about it. Just use your tablet. Go up there and bring forth what I have for you today. 
And I praise God because I know that it is a word from the Lord. And we are going to deal with sin this morning. Sin. My father told us some years back, there was a woman that was coming to the church. And she said, you know, I'm getting tired of coming here because every time I come to this place, you're always talking about love, 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 love. And I'm tired of hearing it. When are you going to preach something else, pastor? So the loving pastor looked at her and says, when you learn how to love, I'll stop teaching it. But until then, it's love. Amen? So when we come out of sin, we'll stop teaching it. Amen? In the meantime, we're going to teach about sin and its consequences of it. Amen? The subject for you this morning, I'm not going to get away from our pastor's title. We leave it as it is, the mind of Christ. But the subject that we have, sin's penalty and God's remedy, Jesus. Again, sin's penalty and God's remedy, Jesus. You hear that? It's the enemy. Ignore him. The challenge, I will not look back because the deliverer has delivered me. I will not look back because the deliverer has delivered me. The topic this morning, outbreak. From the curse to the cure. Outbreak. From the curse to the cure. Thank God for that. Some years ago, in 1995, there was a picture, a very popular movie, and I'm not sure if it, some of you younger kids may not remember it, but there was a movie, and it was called Outbreak. The movie was about a deadly virus that was in the Matawa River in Africa, where most of the people were infected by it. The government had promised to help these people um, by sending out a vaccine needed to cure the disease, but they would misled the people. They really wasn't intending on doing that. They had no cure. They had no vaccine. So what the United States government did, they lied and conspired to destroy the entire valley. They sent a bomb killing everyone that was in that village, and they kept it a secret. 27 years later, the virus found its way into the United States. Now, this is all fictional. This is all fictional here, so just keep it, remember this. This is a movie that this, this is what this movie was about. And there was a young man that was aboard the ship that came in contact with that virus, and he brought the virus into the United States, and people began to get infected by that virus. Anybody remember that movie? And what they did, made the same promise again that they were going to send out a vaccine to help to cure these people of this particular disease, this disease, that, this virus that was really, really bad. They put them in this little town to, together, and it was called Cedar Creek. And everybody that had that virus, they were shipping them over to Cedar Creek so that they can all be infected to one another. The people that was there supposedly to help them were wearing masks. 
They were wearing all kinds of gear to make sure that they didn't come in contact with this very, very powerful virus. That one touch would give them this virus. But what the government had done, again, they had planned to destroy this little town and send another bomb. But there was one young man there that he played. Uh, it was by Dustin Hoffman. And he was going to find the cure for this disease. And what I really loved most about this movie, it wasn't so much the focus on the actual disease, the virus itself, but the focus was on finding a cure for the disease, amen? And that really touched my heart. And he was adamant about it. He was going to do whatever that he could do to find the cure for this disease. As bad as this disease was in that fictional movie, it was nothing compared to, to a disease that the people in the ancient times was plagued with. And this disease was called leprosy. Amen. Can somebody say leprosy? Leprosy, leprosy was a curse from the Lord into the ancient world. Nothing aroused more fear, nothing aroused more dread or horror than the sight of these men. They call them the walking dead. The smell of their decaying flesh would announce its coming. You could smell them before they came. They were not allowed to be in contact with people. When they were coming forward, they had to announce themselves, unclean, 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 and that person that was not infected with leprosy had to walk on the other side, could not pass them, could not touch them. This was an unclean disease. The disease was so, so disgusting and so powerful that it would leave the person's flesh in such a way some of the faces had turned actually into the skin of a lion. It had distorted the face so badly. Their actual flesh would fall off their body from the infection. When they had gotten very advanced in the disease, what would happen was some of them lived in rat-infested places. Their skin, where the disease was, would numb them. They couldn't feel anything. There was no feeling in that particular area of the body. So the rats at night would eat their flesh, would bite them and eat them, but the people that was infected with it and were bitten didn't even recognize that they had been bitten by the rats because their skin was numb, so they felt nothing. They'd wake up and parts of their flesh was missing from the rats that had eaten them. Can you imagine? When I thought about it, I thought about something. I hope my son doesn't mind me telling about this. He was a, when he first got into the police academy, and after there are certain things that they have to do and tests that they have to go through and things that they have to get into. And one of them was he had to go and sit with a dead body of a woman, an elderly woman that had been dead for several weeks. 
And the odor was so powerful. He said when he walked in, he knew right away that there was something dead in the area. He said it was so powerful, he, it was all through his nostrils, the smell, the stench of a dead, rotting body was all through his clothes. He said he felt like he even had it in his mouth. And this lasted for how long? For a long time. Dead bodies. And he said, the man that was there, one of the police officers was there, he was a regular. He had been there for a while, so he was used to this. So it didn't bother him in the least. He was eating a sandwich. He was eating a sandwich. Well, for those of us that is on diets, maybe we need to sit with some dead bodies. <laughs> and it would destroy the taste out of our mouth. I know I was thinking about finding out if my son knew where some dead bodies was that I can get <laughs> in fellowship with him. <laughs> but let me tell you this. Leprosy is a graphic and a physical picture of sin. Spiritual defilement of sin. Sin is ugly. It is vile. It is contaminating. It separates men from God. Just as those that was diseased with leprosy, they could not come in contact with people. They had to live in a different little area all by themselves. This is what happens to the people of God. When you are contaminated with sin, it separates you from God. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Their clothes had to be put in the fire. And it seems so odd to me as I thought about it, Burning, your, their clothing had to be burned. This is what's going to happen for those that are filled with sin. You got to be burned. You will not see Jesus. You will not see Jesus if you do not come out of sin. I will not stand here and preach a gospel that is not of Jesus, that if you continue in sin, Grace will abound. No, you cannot continue in sin that grace may abound. You got to let go and you got to let God. You've got to get yourself out of sin and come into the realness, into the newness of God. Amen. Billy Graham, one of the greatest preacher of all. He said, I dare not go before you without letting you know that you have a soul that needs to be saved. I dare not come before you to let you know that if you do not, Get yourself together. You will die and you will go to hell. If you do not, if you do not seek God as your savior, you will die. Spiritually and naturally. Please, I will not apologize for a message from the Lord. I will not apologize for what God says. This is not my saying. This is God saying. People think they have a long time to live. People think that they have so much time. People think, oh, I'm not worried about it. I'm young. I need my time. 
I need to sow my oats. I need, you know, they could look at me and look, look at you. You're, you're old now. You ain't got nothing else to do but serve God. But let me tell you something. If you haven't noticed, the graves have been just as short with young people in it than there has been old. As a matter of fact, I haven't been hearing about too many old people dying, but I have been hearing about young people dying over and over again. Why? Because they will not come out of sin. They will not seek the Lord. There is an outbreak of sin. There is an outbreak of defiling your bodies. There's an outbreak, but there is a cure. There is a cure, and God wants you to have that cure today. Sin is ugly. Sin is ugly. There was only one person that could touch the lepers those that had leprosy and there was only one person that could touch them and it was Jesus. Jesus then, Jesus now. Jesus now. Jesus touched the people with leprosy because he wanted them to be healed out of sin. He wanted them to come out of sin. He did not want them to stay the way they were. He wanted them to come up. And let me say something to you. This message is not just for those that are unsaved, but these are for the people that is in the church now too. Some of you are continuing to live in sin, living a life that dishonors God, living a life that displeases God, and God is not pleased with it. He has so much for you if you will let go of the world and hang on to him, cleave to him. Cleave to him as never before. In the book of Proverbs, I begin to think about the messages that, the, the, that uh, Solomon had written and one of the Proverbs that he had written, excuse me, and it was in the book of Proverbs, the sixth chapter, and I believe it's the 16th verse says, and I asked our Deacon Lewis if he would get that for me in the meantime. Proverbs 6, and I believe it's 16. And read this for you perfect men and women of God that think that you're on your way to heaven anyhow. Amen? Praise God. 16. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right now. And hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brothers. Now, does that sound like something that should be in God's house? Does that sound like something that should be in God's house? But these are the things that's going on in the house of God. Now, I want you to know, for those of you that are unsaved, you need to get saved and you need to make today the day. For those of you that are saved and think you're on your way to heaven anyhow, you need to hear from the Lord today. God is not pleased with the things that we are doing. He wants us to grow and know. He wants us to come out 
from among those things that are with the world and do the things that please him. There is more for you than I can begin to tell you, but you can't get into the place with God until you do the things of God, until you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service unto him. You owe that much to God. Can the church say amen? Thank you, God. Hallelujah. We we can't preach. We can't preach to people and then do what we want to do. We can't tell people about coming out of sin and we're living in sin. We can't tell people, you know, it's the worst thing that I I have ever heard. Somebody that was sitting there, and I heard my niece say it the other day, you live in an active sin. And you telling me that I need to be saved. You doing what you feel like doing. You walk in a hellish life thinking that you're on your way to heaven. And God forbid if you closed your eyes today or tomorrow that God would not even recognize you. There's going to be many that's going to come in his name saying, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I preach in your name? Didn't I heal in your name? And God is going to say to them, depart from me. I don't even know you, you workers of iniquity. Are we falling in that category today? Are we living up to what God has called us to live? Are we taking off every day, every single morning of my life? I get up and I ask God, Lord, what is it about me that you don't like? Take it out before I can come to you. And before I can come to you, I've got to first take a partaker of myself. And whatever is not right in me, I've got to ask God, take it out, Lord, and make me into that woman of God that you have called me to be hallelujah yes I want to see you saved yes I want to see you in heaven Hmm. (laughs) my God but it starts with me it starts with the heart that I have it starts with me pulling off that old man and putting on the new man putting on the robe of righteousness putting on Oh, bowels of mercy. Stop lying. Stop backbiting. Stop talking about your pastors. Stop talking about those that God has put before you. There is an incident that I have right here in my notes that God had given to me yesterday. And of Miriam and her brother Aaron, my God and my Savior, they got angry with Moses. They, they got jealous of him and they wanted to know why God, why is he always giving the message? Why is he always saying something? We hear from God too. So they revolted against Moses and God got angry. God got angry because of what he heard them say. And you know what? Miriam was the culprit. She was the leader of the pack. What happened to Miriam? Pastor, what happened to Miriam? Leprosy came over her. I can imagine her face when she saw her body plagued with leprosy. And she knew, and the the Israelites knew that if your body was plagued with leprosy, that was a curse that came from the Lord. So she was cursed. My God and my Savior. 
She couldn't even sit in the company of the people. She had to get outside of the camp. And guess who had to pray for her that she would be delivered? Guess who had to pray for her? Moses had to pray for her that she would be delivered. Oh, my God and my Savior, touch not my anointed, I hear the Lord saying, and do my prophet no harm. God, that's not just going for the pastors. That's going for anybody that belong to God. I dare you to put your hands upon them. I dare you to speak against them. I dare you to murmur about them. You stand in danger. Hallelujah. Because they are men and women of God. Come out of sin. Come out of sin. God wants you to be delivered today. As I thought about that story with, with Miriam, my heart broke because leprosy made such a look on your face. Don't you understand when people are in sin, you know it, you can recognize them. When they walk into my presence, I say, oh God, have mercy, Jesus. Have mercy, Jesus. And I don't care how much makeup you put on, nobody loves makeup more than I do. I love it. Thank God we're not in a church that don't allow you to wear it because I'd be lost. I'd have to find another church that wear makeup. Hallelujah. Thank God for my Avon lady here. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise you. Hallelujah. I love it. I want to look good for my husband. I ain't looking good for you. I'm looking good for me. Hallelujah. And if you don't like it, don't look at it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't look at it. Because I'll be wearing it. Hallelujah. And when I'm laid out, put some on me. Thank you, Jesus. Put some on me. And if you see it ain't there, said Mother Rose said, put makeup on. I'll put some on me. Thank you, Jesus. But just remember, sin is ugly. And it shows its face up in those that are not saved. You can see it on them. It's almost like what we discussed earlier. You can even smell it on them. And it stinks in the nostrils of God. Sin is evil. Sin is disgusting. It is vile. And it stays far away from God. That's when Jesus was on the cross. That's why when he was on the cross and Jesus had the sins and bore the sins of the people, God had to turn his back for a few moments. He had to turn his back on his son. That's when Jesus cried, Father, why have thou forsaken me? It wasn't that Jesus had forsaken him, but it was because he couldn't look upon the sin of the world that was upon him. My God and my Savior, some of you are in the church, but the church is not in you. My God, get it together. Get it together. Get it together. There was a message that was sent to me by one of my nieces about this young lady that the Lord had uh, allowed her to have an experience in hell. It's not the first time that I had heard about it. But when I heard this particular story, it never left me. And some of you children need to hear about it because some of you think you got a long life. But I want you to remember about the children that was killed a few weeks ago in Connecticut. I want you to remember that. Amen. Tomorrow is not promised to you. Today, you're here. Tomorrow, you may be gone. As a matter of fact, in the next few minutes, you may be gone. You may go outside and get yourself into an accident, and that'll be it. Where 
are you going? See, we are worried about this side. But this is not the side that you should be worried about. You need to be worried about that side to come. The eternal life. We put too much emphasis on this life. And God wants us to remember, this is not the life that is important. But the life that is important is the life that is to come. Eternal life. Are you ready? Are you ready? This young girl was 18 years old and she died. She died, was it 23 hours, I believe it was. 23 hours and she experienced hell and she experienced heaven. And the powerful message that this young girl left for the young people and left for anyone that wanted to hear about it. She said, Jesus is coming right away. She said, he's coming right away. But we have gotten comfortable where we are. And we think we got all this time left. Oh, but my God, my sisters and my brother, the time is today. You don't have that much time. Every one of you young people, and I'm talking to you young children and you young women that think that you're on your way somewhere. Amen. I'm, I'm speaking to you today. I want you to hear me now. God is coming right away. Ready or not, he's coming. Will you be ready? There is not, an, this was not an accident that there is so many here today that is unsaved. This message you need to hear. It has been watered down. It has been put in a, in a position where people are not really believing it. They're not really accepting it. But Jesus is coming and he's coming soon. He's coming for a church that is without a spot or wrinkle. And if you think I'm talking about the church that we're standing in, no, I'm talking about the church that is here. Your body is the temple of the living God. He is coming back, ready or not, he's coming. He's coming. Will you be ready? There's an outbreak of sin like never before. There's an outbreak. People are doing everything they please to do. They're saying by their ways and action, who is God that I got to serve him? But let me tell you, if you don't serve him now, in our hell, you will lift up your eyes. This is a message that the preachers have gotten away from. They're preaching prosperity. They're preaching riches. They're preaching everything but the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're preaching everything but what he has called us to preach about sin. Your separation from God. I'm about finished with this message. But I cannot leave here without letting you know you have a charge to keep. You have a soul that has to be saved. When this young woman came back to life after her death of 23 hours, she died 23 hours while she was there. She cried to the people and let them know, oh my God, my brothers and sisters, you got it wrong. She said, I saw young people that were worshiping all kinds of things. They got themselves involved in these little uh, uh, characters that were demonic and that they were coming from the devil himself. 
This Harry Potter, and I pray that none of you gave your children a Harry Potter toy book or something to read. It is witchcraft. These are things that is keeping you from God. You may not believe it, but I pray that you will not allow yourself to get caught up in it because it is nothing but a trick from the enemy. He is cunning. He is slick. He will do anything to keep you away from God. He wants you to die and go to hell. I heard a young man say, oh, when I go to hell, me and my friends are going to party hardy. Woo! I guess they never heard about the outer darkness. I guess they never heard about the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. I guess they never heard of the worms that ate up the flesh. I guess they didn't hear about that, but somebody needs to tell you there's no party in heaven. And if you die and go to hell, hallelujah, that's it. There's no repenting once you die. That is it. That it, it's over. Finished. Done. No turning back. Your friends can tell you whatever. But I want you to know that if you don't get it right now, it'll be too late at that time when he either calls you or when the rapture of the church take place, when the people of God is raptured up and that'll be it. You'll be left behind. Oh God, I don't want to know that. Now I can understand more and more, Pastor, when Jesus said, I'm going to wipe away the tears from your eyes. Because when we remember our family, when we remember our loved ones that have been left behind, it's going to be such a grievous moment that God is going to have to take it away from us because we wouldn't be able to stand it. We wouldn't be able to get over it. But God said he's going to wipe the tears from our eyes. This is the day. This is the day that you need to know. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back for you. He's coming back for you. Whether he comes in the rapture, whether he comes to call you back. Oh my God. In whichever life that you chose because he's not going against your will. I'm not begging you. I'm not begging you. But it's for your benefit. My soul cries out for you. But you gotta want this more than me. My God. Because see, I've got what I've got. And I am on my way to heaven. I pray constantly. Oh God, if there's anything that's not right before my head hit that pillow, God, fix it. I don't want to miss the greatest moment of my life. And if you don't get yourself together, you will miss the greatest moment of your life. My God, this is not a message to hurt your feelings. This is not a message to make you mad, but this is, and I pray that you do get mad enough to get your life together because I care that much about you. Hallelujah. Your leaders care that much about you. Hallelujah. It's time for you to come to Jesus. Sin is in the camp. An outbreak of sin. And Jesus is calling your name. Jesus is calling you and say, come unto me, unto me, unto me. All ye that are labored and are heavy laden, he said, and I will give you rest. Oh God, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Oh yes, Lord, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You're here today. 
but it's a possibility that you won't be here tomorrow. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, have mercy. Come unto him. Come unto him. Turn away from your sin. You've dealt with the devil long enough. He has tricked your mind. He has made you think that what you're doing is all right, and it's not. Oh, God, it's not. It's not. It's not. Hallelujah. It's not. Oh, God, it's not. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. It's not. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, have mercy. Hallelujah. God is calling for you now. And he says, come. Come. Oh, though your sin be like scarlet, he said, I will make you whiter than snow. Hallelujah. He promised that to you. He said it. If you would come to me, I will come to you. I will there. I'm standing at the door knocking. Any man. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Oh, my God, that hear my voice. Yes, Lord. And if you open up this day, he said, I will come to you. He will in no wise cast you out. This is a day. Oh, my God. He's calling your name. He's calling your name. He's calling your name. There's one story I want to tell you and share with you, and I pray that it convict you in such a way that you will run to him. There was a young girl. She was partying with her friends one night. And she had been talking to another friend that was a Christian. You may be seated. Please sit, sit down. And they were trying to get her to come to Christ. And they said, come. Please come. She said, okay, tomorrow. I'm young still. Please. I'm young. Tomorrow. 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 Tomorrow never came. She went to a, a, a party that they had, a pool party. And she died in the pool. Her head hit the brick knocked her out and she died and drowned. She lifted her eyes in hell. And she prayed and she cried out in, the, in, the, in this place where she was. And she cried out to the Lord. And the Lord said, I sent so many times to come to you. I sent witnesses to witness to you and you refused to hear. It's too late now. It's too late. One day, you're going to say the same thing. Why didn't I listen? You are not too young to die. You are not too young to die. You are not too young to be a witness for the Lord. And as God is saying, hallelujah. Oh my God, I sent my prophets among you and you wouldn't hear me. Today, hear my voice. The pastors are preaching it. The evangelist is preaching it. Are you hearing what God has to say to you? This is the day. This is the time for you to come. Hallelujah. Before it's too late, come, come unto the Lord. Come, come unto the Lord. Give him your all. He'll fix it for you. Whatever you're dealing with, he'll fix it. Because you don't know how to fix it. You don't know how. But God said, I got you back. He said, I got you back. Hallelujah. Just give it to me. I got you back. I got you back. It's going to be all right. No matter what you're going through. I got your back. I got your back. I got your back. I got your back. Hallelujah. I got your back. I got your back. I got you. I got you. I got you. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. 
Hallelujah. You want peace? I got you. You want to be delivered? I got you. You want to be made free? I got you. This is the day I'm calling you. You know who you are. Jesus said, come. Don't let another day pass that you don't come to him. Give it to him today. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Worship him now, right now. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Just as he healed those ten leopards. Just as he healed the leprous. Hallelujah. From the decaying flesh, God wants to heal you from you dying in sin. Hallelujah. He wants to heal you today. I pray right now that one of you will come up, that God is tugging upon your heart, that you will come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come today. Come. Come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come. Come unto him today. Thank you, Jesus. Come, 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 come. Don't be ashamed. You waited long enough. <laughs> come on to him. Thank you, We are located at 141 Bower Street in Jersey City, New Jersey. You can find out more information about Mount Olive at our website, www.mountolivehop.org. That's mtolivehop.org. Thank you for listening, and may God truly bless you.